Hello, and welcome to the Talking Ship Podcast. This is your host, Rich Christakis. I'm the CEO of Alsip Home and Nursery, as well as the founder and CEO of Ship My Plants, which is the world's first multi-vendor marketplace platform geared specifically to plants and plant care goods. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all kinds of things, such as how to use the Ship My Plants platform as both a seller and as a customer. We're also going to talk a lot about education, about plants and consumer horticulture. A lot of the frequently asked questions that people ask, we're going to have guests on who are experts in their field and in their industry, as well as just a place to kind of have a little bit of fun as we talk ship. Ship My Plants is a first-of-its-kind multi-vendor marketplace platform for the plant industry, by the plant industry, specifically geared towards plants and plant-related goods. There are different types of sellers that can sell on Ship My Plants. It's not just for one specific category of, of plant seller. Um, so we have broken them down by the following. We've got mom and propagators. We've got entrepreneurs and branch managers. And the mom and propagators are the people that, you know, if you've got a, a hobby and you've been taking plant cuttings in your kitchen or in your home, you made a maybe built a greenhouse in the backyard, or you might even be a small plant shop that just wants to dip their toe into the world of e-commerce when it comes to plants. Um, so it's kind of like home and hobby growers that are newer to online plant selling. The entrepreneurs are People that are, you know, plant shops, florists, garden centers looking to expand their customer reach. They might already be doing some e-commerce. And in the world of omni-channel, this is an extension. This isn't in place of your own website. This is in addition to. It's a way to find more customers. Then we've got the branch managers. This is like big garden centers, big production growers, uh, people that are already selling on, you know, the big multi-vendor marketplace platforms that everybody is already very well aware of that actually sell literally everything, but want to get into something that's niched for the consumer horticulture industry. Um, and, you know, obviously branch out into the omni-channel world. So being on more than one marketplace at one time. Some of our sellers um, that we have on here are already getting increased visibility with our plant directory and our seller directory. And it shows on the map in the United States where these people are, where these growers are, where these retailers are. You actually, as a seller on Ship My Plants, get access to over 38,000 unique cultivars in the world's largest commercial plant database, the NetPS Plant Finder. It's backed by the industry's leading plant database. Ship My Plants provides member access to all 38,000 records of the most common plants found in commerce. You'll be able to quickly and easily import photos, product descriptions, and useful information with just the click of a button. It has pretty much all the branded species, you know, the brands like Proven Winners and the plants that are under, you know, the ball horticulture world and, and so on. They're all built in already to the platform. We also have zone-specific records on there. So, for example, if a Lantana is being sold in the Chicago area it is an annual. If you're in the middle of the country, more like a Tennessee market, that is a perennial. But you go even further south to Florida and a, Lantana is a shrub. So our database actually knows the difference between those things and it helps the seller and the end consumer to get what they're looking for. 
our goal is to be the one place where any consumer can find any plant that they're looking for through the aggregation of a lot of different sellers who are niched into different specific categories. So the unified plant data is automatically included. Sellers who choose to use our database to populate their listings, they get co corresponding plant stats used across all the common listings. Um, your customers will benefit from accurate information and you don't have to chase down photos or write your own descriptions. The photos are professionally taken and we have an intellectual property agreement with the photography team so that you don't have to fear copyright infringement. The best product listings always have great photos. So you wanna show plants at what they look like in the spring, summer, and even the fall. And also having the correct care information, hardiness, sunlight uh, needs, moisture needs, growth height and spread is obviously very important. Wildlife attraction is an important aspect of you know some of the care information. And there's dozens more data points already available built into that database. Adding plants to your shop, it's simply checking the box on the side and it's a quick import to add them to your store. All you have to do from there is fill in your specific SKU, retail and quantity on hand. And with our new API for seamless inventory management, you'll be able to sync your inventory with your Ship My Plant store or your own company's website that you already have. So when you log on to Ship My Plants, you'll see a pop-up that asks you for your zip code. It's very important. The reason for that is so that our website can find you the closest seller based on geolocation. What are the reasons that that's good? For number one, sellers actually don't necessarily ship to all of the areas of the United States. Some of them will only ship to certain regions or some of them ship to most regions, just not all. And you don't want plants to show up that you can't actually buy because that's going to ruin the user experience for you. The other reasons that it's good is because when the seller who's closest to you shows up at the top, that helps to reduce carbon emissions by the plant not being shipped as far. It helps the plant arrive faster by not being in a box as long. And it's also going to save you money because the closer you are shipping it, the less it's going to cost. <clears throat> So we like to take what we call a curated approach and we don't want you to get lost in the endless aisle, so to speak. And so because of that, you know, we say 80% of your sales comes from 20% of your SKUs. Everybody's heard that old adage, the 80-20 rule. This allows you to just list the products that you want to see. You don't have to put all of your stuff online. If you've got too many autumn blaze maples and you need to find an outlet for your local uh, customers to find you can list them on ship my plants if you are mass producing a certain plant that you want to get out to the world in a uh, omni-channel type of a way this is another reason why our memberships allow sellers to curate their offerings so buyers know that they're getting the cream of the crop there's different packages so you can choose the one that fits best for you 25, 50, or 100. We even have a package that is $1 that gives you five listings. So pretty uh, low barrier of entry. And you can also import your products using a CSV or comma separated value spreadsheet, which is like Excel or Google Sheets or so forth. You'll be able to import and um, change your, your inventory in, in, that, in that manner. There are a lot of other marketplaces out there, but they take a one-size-fits-all approach. We 
our plant people. So we understand the needs of plant sellers, you know, membership options for ship my plants. It's quick turnkey, um, fair platform fees. It's a lot less than, uh, than the big smile company. Uh, we also handle the sales tax compliance on behalf of all of our sellers so that they can just focus on selling and we take care of the rest. The seller dashboard shows you some sales summary. This gives you quick analytics to see how well your shop is doing. You're able to look at orders. You're able to look at page views. You're able to see how much you're earning. Um, it's a very nice backend dashboard that is pretty much user-friendly for anyone from beginner to advanced in the world of e-commerce. So if you're ready for your business to bloom, wait no further and join the fastest growing plant marketplace online for the consumer horticulture industry by the consumer horticulture industry. So today in our featured seller segment, we are going to talk about Soul Soils. As you can see here, Soul Soils, which is from Minnesota, so they are an American company. They use eco-friendly packaging. It's resealable, which is really cool. And they actually have specific mixes for different categories of houseplants. Whereas a lot of places will just tell you, oh, just buy this peat moss based soil. Well, that might be great for container gardening with annuals, but it's not necessarily great for, you know, philodendrons and pothos plants. So Sol has like a succulent gritty mix. They've got an aeroid mix. They've got a cactus mix. They have all the different category mixes that are blended specifically for the best health of the different type of plant that you have. So this week brought to you by Soul Soils. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about education on one of the most commonly asked questions that we get in our garden center. Why isn't my hydrangea blooming? And Proven Winners, provenwinners.com has done the work to make this really nifty chart. And I'm going to read through it for you and explain it in a little bit more detail. But this is pretty much what you want to go by to determine why your hydrangea isn't blooming, if it's not blooming. So first thing you need to know is which hydrangea do you grow? We're going to start with the smooth or panicle, smooth or the arborescence types. Those are your Annabelle types of hydrangeas. Um, the proven winner variety that comes to mind is Incrediball. Panicle or paniculata are your cone-shaped flowered hydrangeas. The ones that come to mind, the one that's been around forever, it's very popular, is Limelight hydrangea. Um, I'm going to mention a couple of the newer panicles that I really like. Limelight Prime, uh, Firelight Tidbit. These are some of the panicles that you're going to see on the market today that I highly recommend that you go to shipmyplants.com to purchase. The next categories of hydrangeas that you need to determine whether or not you have are the big leaf or macrophylla, which literally in Latin means big leaf, or the mountains, uh, which are the serratas. So those are the types, you know, big leaf macrophyllas. You can talk about the proven winter city lines, or you can talk about the endless summer series of hydrangeas, which is typically the most common. Um, and then the mountain hydrangeas, they look very similar to the, to the macrophyllas. They've got a little bit of a smaller leaf and a little bit of a uh, smaller flower. They're not nearly as commonly found on the market and they're pretty cool. 
the other category that kind of clumps together categories is the climbing or the petiolaris hydrangea or the oak leaf uh, quercifolia, which quercus is oak and folia is foliage. So oak leaf. Okay, so these six categories of hydrangeas are grouped together in three different sections. Okay, so now if you've got a smooth or panicle, like an arborescence, like an Annabelle, or a panicle, like a limelight, first question you need to ask yourself is how long ago did you plant it? So two years ago, uh, less than two years, then it needs more time to develop your root system, mulch, and keep well watered. It will bloom in time. If it's two years or older, the first question you need to ask yourself is how much light does it get? If it's four hours or more, then you have to ask, did you cut it back? If the answer is yes, then you have to ask, answer when, whether it was the fall or late spring or summer. If it was in the fall, the reason that your hydrangea is not blooming is very likely from deer damage or low sunlight. Um, if the answer is no to cutting it back, then it's definitely deer damage or low sunlight. Now, if you get four hours or less on a smooth or panicle, it needs more sun. Now, buds being removed or blooming may be delayed or not occur at all if they prune in late winter or early spring. So that's another reason why the hydrangeas don't bloom is because somebody cut it back when they weren't supposed to. The other category is the big leaf or mountain. All right, the first thing you ask yourself is, did you cut it back? The answer is yes. You cut off the flower buds, avoid pruning. If the answer is no, all right, do you live in a cold climate? Yes. Okay. The flower buds were killed by the cold. Move to a more protected spot. Protect plant on spring nights when frost or freeze threatens. If somebody says, but it's a reblooming hydrangea. Well, not all reblooming hydrangeas are equal. Some need to reach a certain height to set new wood buds. Let's dance. Reblooming hydrangeas were developed to bloom sooner. If the answer to do you live in a cold climate is no, you probably have way too much shade or there was deer damage. 99% of the time, this is all accurate information. Climbing hydrangeas, the petiolaris or the oak leaf, the quercifolias. Okay, how old is the plant? If it's less than five years, these plants tend to need to be more mature to flower well. You want to give them a little bit of time. And I know people are impatient, but with this category, that's very true. If it's five years or more, well, did you cut it back? Yes. Oops, you cut the flower buds off. Avoid pruning. If the answer is no, then it's probably deer damage or it's just way too much shade. You're not getting enough sunlight. I hope this answers your questions for why my hydrangeas aren't blooming. I'm going to talk about the Garden Media 2024 Garden Trends Report and this year's theme on eco-optimism. This was just launched out into the world uh, I know that Katie Dubow and her team at the Garden Media Group put a lot of research and thought into every year's annual Garden Trends report. And I'm pretty excited to go through this with you all. Some of the things that I saw in here as I glanced through it ahead of time were, you know, just confirming some of uh, my gut feelings and also um, 
it was just good to know that this is the direction that our industry is headed in because it's kind of fun and changing and new all the time. So there's a lot of cool things that are definitely on trend. So the Garden Trends report, you know, I, I'm reading this. Looks like Katie, they've been doing this for 20 years. Um, we're 20 years ago predicted predicted the garden the container gardening craze which has not slowed down in fact in my garden center companies Elsa home and nurseries one of the fastest growing categories that we have every year is container gardening and we put more and more resources behind it every year because people are in smaller spaces or they just don't have time or they just don't want to dig into the yard and it's a lot easier. And also the pottery is beautiful. It's trendy. You can do, do different colors. You can change it out seasonally a lot easier. So that garden uh, container gardening craze has literally not slowed down. If you're in the business, you need to be the first in your market to uh, be on top of these emerging, emerging consumer demands. Um, that goes along with product selection the way you merchandise your plants, the way you decorate your store, some of the colors that you are choosing, the way that your buyers are buying pottery and accessories. Man, okay, so we're going to get into this. It sounds like the uh, the younger people are are very much worried about this um, to the point where they're, they're feeling anxiety and to the point where they've actually made a term called eco-anxiety. Still, you know, Basically, two-thirds of people 15 to 24, which is 1.2 billion people on our planet, are, uh, you know, with the mindset of making a positive climate impact. 2022, 30% of 25-year-olds own their own home compared to 27% of Gen Xers and 28% of millennials when they were the same age. And this is according to Redfin. So the average age of a first-time home buyer used to be 36 and they're also motivated. 71.5% of Zoomers plan to buy their first home in the next one to six years. So while we love the first-time home buyers, this is important today because many Gen Zers have only ever worked from home, which is interesting too. Um, they see their home and quality things to fill it as a long-term investment. Think about the business impact that that can have for you. House plants, house plant accessories. Um also, the way you conduct your business, if they're sitting there at home and doing a lot of their work from home, they're also doing a lot of their shopping from home. So that means that you need to be set up to sell online, not just with your own website, but with the omni-channel world using multi-vendor marketplaces. Zoomers value quality over quantity. Three quarters of them are willing to pay more and wait longer for sustainable products that are of a better quality the consumer habits are shifting from get me the cheapest to get me something that I can feel good about purchasing and the price isn't nearly as important. So keep that in mind in your business going forward. Are you going to be shifting more towards eco-friendly containers that you're growing in? Are you going to be shifting more towards uh, cardboard boxes versus plastic trays? And if you do shift towards those things. You should be telling the story of that. You should be using that in your marketing, talking about how, hey, we actually are using these paper sleeves for our plants that we ship instead of a plastic and so forth. People like stories. People, you know, connect with a story and there's a personal connection that they want to feel with the brands and companies that they're buying from. 
Ooh, we made it into the Garden Trends report. Uh, spoiler alert here. Companies such as Ship My Plants are paving the way for green buyers and sellers alike. Uh, we marry the plant-loving Zoomers' wants and needs with the inventory and capabilities of sellers by creating the ultimate online destination. So our goal is to be the one place, eventually, where you can find any plant that you're looking for. Habits, um, you know, inventory adjustments, shopping powerhouses, creator influences. So creators, I was just having this conversation with my, my guy, Connor, the chosen one. He told me that he would much rather look at YouTube that's being created by individuals versus you know, watching uh, the streaming services, creators are three and a half more times influential than social media ads because they, re they resonate with an individual person. So influencer marketing and promotions through short form videos are the key to getting to Zoomers. If you don't have your own podcast, maybe you should be doing one. If you aren't doing videos, maybe you should be doing that. You know, having somebody that's like the face of your company that can be out there talking to the consumer, that's the direction that you want to go. So horticulturism is a little bit about how horticulture and technology are kind of merging. There's a lot of different people that are starting to kind of think about it more like art and understanding that, you know, this is the reason people purchase this stuff is because it's pretty to look at. Um, so going towards the future, they want to see things that are lighting up. Sci-fi in the garden, you know, closed ecosystem terrariums are becoming more popular. Neon and bright is becoming more and more popular. So store displays and floral designs with neon lighting actually kind of speak towards that next generation of consumers and plants to pick. So anything with neon variegation or, you know, as the Garden Trends Report mentions, alien plants like unusual succulents are definitely becoming more and more interesting and things that you should be promoting. Um, okay, the the goth. Now I'll tell you, this this trend is is for real. And I and I know from experience because as growers, we grow a black velvet petunia and it's been around for about five years. I cannot keep that plant on the table. Every single time I get a shipment in my retail stores for my growing facility, I have to add more and more of these black velvet petunias. And every year and always without fail, we keep selling out of them. Uh, I know it's really popular and they say black goes with everything. So that the goth thing is is very serious. The, the big plant at this past 2023 Cultivate show was this hydrangea eclipse big leaf, which is a macrophylla. It had pretty much black foliage on it. And actually the flower is pretty cool too, because the contrast to it, uh, it just looks like it's glowing off that foliage. So going along with this goth trend, this black foliage petunia, uh, excuse me, hydrangea is going to be pretty big. Huge trend if you are one of those people that goes on the buying trips and goes to the Atlanta Mart or goes to any of the other um, trade shows, you're going to see that bugs and insects in fashion are very much in. Keep that in mind in your, in your gardening stores because bugs have to do with nature and have to do with horticulture from a pollinator standpoint and from a conservation standpoint and from a lot of them are just beautiful.
The next really big trend is the small space gardening, which lends itself to more hanging basket, um, more vertical type stuff. 600,000 more households engaged in container gardening in 2022, a 200% increase. And um, overall spending in container gardening increased by $50 million over that same time. And I know from owning three garden centers myself that this is definitely the case. Have three different demographics and all three stores seen increase every single year in hanging baskets and container gardening. Um, you might want to be looking into more trailing plants, things that hang down, but also not just flowers. You want to be looking at foliage. If your garden center is not tapping into the power of community, you're missing out. Uh, community gardening, community focused events uh, are popping up everywhere for good reason. People want to reconnect. They want to try to get off the internet and actually reconnect with real life, real people and talk to their neighbors. One of the best ways to do that is to commune over plants. Um, people are trying to plant trees all the time. They say the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is now. A lot of companies are using a, a service where you actually will they will actually plant a tree for every Google review given. And this is a great way to connect with your customers by you know allowing them to give you a review, but then also do something great for the environment and for the future, for your kids, for your future customers, and just you know for the planet in general. Okay, the color of the year. And I'm super happy about this. And I don't care if you don't agree with me or not. It just is the fact that cyber lime is the color of the year. And actually, Connor, wouldn't you hand me my uh, spray bottle here? Because I'm way ahead of the trend, you guys. Look at this. Okay. I've got my Elsip Nursery spray bottle. And it is in the cyber lime because, you know, I like to be on trend. And it pretty much goes with everything, I think. I think it's wonderful. Um, you're going to see it more in your in fashion, clothing, and in, in plants. Um, pottery with this color is going to be huge in 2024. Um, shades of green are just going to continue to dominate the, the trends for the next uh, couple of years here. Well, that's enough talking ship for one day. I'm glad you all joined us and thank you so much for listening to the Talking Ship podcast brought to you by ShipMyPlants.com. I'm your host, Rich Christakis, and we'll see you next time.